All right, folks. Hey, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, hey, thanks for coming out. Um, you guys are at the encounter. It's optional, but you guys are here. And Pat, give yourself a round of applause for coming out. Yep. Really pumped. Hey, we're excited to be leading um, the breakout. Big Dogs kind of uh, got to eat. It's kind of ironic. We're actually thinking about it. Um, clearly, we're like two of the biggest physically dogs you could ever imagine. So we're pumped to lead it. Um, but it's a great thing. We're not necessarily talking about becoming a physical big dog as much as I would enjoy talking about that for the next 25 minutes. Uh, we're talking about what it looks like to become a spiritual big dog. Basically, what that means is what it really looks like to, to be a lifelong learner and to grow and uh, to grow as a learner and to always be hungry for more. And uh, I was thinking about different scripture and different passages um, uh, when it comes to what it means to be a lifelong learner. And this is one that I think Chad actually mentioned yesterday. Um, oh, I forgot to talk about. This is my fiance Summer. <laughs> we got engaged um, a couple months ago. It wasn't quite the Dollar General proposal. Um, I, was, I was blindfolded, which I was encouraged to hear others were as well. When Chad once said that he blindfolded his now wife. Too, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Blindfolds always. I feel like it's just it's just gold. Suspense. She has no idea where she's at. Great idea. Um, but it was it was really fun, enjoyable. Um, but back to this verse one, uh, I was thinking of. Um, was a verse in First Peter, and it says this, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. And so uh, obviously Chad used this verse yesterday, kind of that last part, tasting the Lord is good. And so a lot of us in here are probably at different spots in our faith, and maybe we're still searching and investigating faith, but a lot of us in here might have already, you know, explored the scriptures and, you know, heard the gospel before and have tasted, man, God is good, the Lord is good. Now, what Peter is saying here in this verse, he's saying, hey, now that you've tasted the Lord is good, what's next is you guys need pure spiritual milk. Um, and so it's a cool thing to think about. Well, what does it look like to, to you know, be a baby that really yearns and longs for milk? Um, and so we're going to talk about that idea of not just being a baby in our faith, but for the rest of our life, even as we grow up from kind of this baby uh, stage into, you know, more of an adult stage in faith, how can we continue to just grow and uh, be hungry for the word over and over again. Another verse I think of when it comes to this idea is Jeremiah 15, 16, uh, where it says, uh, When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. And so Jeremiah's heart here saying, Hey, anytime I could get a chance to eat the words of God, anytime I get a chance to just dwell and meditate on God's word, I took it. They were my delight. They were my joy. And so that's the kind of heart we want to cultivate when you think about becoming a lifelong learner. And so Summer's going to kick us off with just some reasons why it's important uh, to be a lifelong learner. Yeah, and so the first reason, too, it's actually funny. I feel like the Lord really wanted us to learn this here at SMC this year because um, Chad 1 also talked about this, too. I feel like it's helpful for me to talk about them as Chad 1 and 2. But, um, but, yeah, the first reason even being why should I even care about being a lifelong learner is that this is our identity as a disciple. And so when we really make that decision to turn from our self-directed life, really with me on the throne of my life and trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior, he now gives me this whole new identity. And he says as part of my identity that I'm his disciple. And so we looked at this passage again yesterday too, but in John 8, Jesus is even clearly distinguishing somebody who just knows about him or somebody who truly knows him in a personal relationship and saying to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. So those who cling to the word, who build their lives off of it, um, you really are my disciples. And then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free, which is such an amazing promise. Uh, we told the uh, encounter yesterday to go check out that promise on your own um, and really study it. And then Chad one also talked about it, but you guys should do that too sometime um, on your own. But 
even looking at the definition of a disciple here, it's someone who adheres to the teachings of another. It's a follower or a learner. It refers to somebody who takes up the ways of somebody else. And so even really thinking about this for us, Jesus is our teacher and we are his student. We get to sit at his feet. We get to learn from him, become like him. Um, and I even love what James says in James 1.22. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Don't just have a head knowledge of these things, right? It's like information without application really is devastation. We want to put these things into practice. And so I feel like even another way of thinking about this is having a mentality shift of doing whatever it takes for me to know God, become more like Christ, and to help others do the same. Because Jesus is so precious to me, because it's such a privilege to get to know God, I want to do whatever it takes. I don't want to be lax in my faith, but I really want to go at this wholeheartedly. And I feel like even if you look throughout the Gospels at Jesus's life, you just see that this is so true of his life too, that he even being the son of God, being fully God and fully man also has this mentality. And so how much more should I too? But you see in Mark 1, he gets up early and he prays. I'm like, I don't know about you guys, but getting up this morning, I was like, oh, but Jesus gets up when it's still dark. He left the house. He went by himself. I'm like a total extrovert. It's hard for me to be alone. So I'm like, wow, seeing Jesus do this is awesome. Matthew 4, we also talked about this too, I think yesterday with Chad too. But um, yeah, even thinking that Jesus is like, hey, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And even looking at his death on the cross, he genuinely did whatever it took for people to come to know God too. And so I know I want to have that mentality as well as a lifelong learner. And I, this actually reminds me a lot of even my dad's time being in the Navy. And so he was a flight technician in the Navy and he talks about his time, even just being in uh, the Navy and getting to serve our country. And he's like, you know, when I was in training and boot camp, he's like, I just had to totally change my thinking. It was no longer about what I want to do or even think about my breaks or whatever. He's like, we didn't get that. He's like, we had to give it all we had. Even thinking about being um, a pilot, he's like, I couldn't just halfway learn how to be a pilot. He's like, I had to go all in. Otherwise, all these people's lives are at stake. And even having the mentality that it's such a privilege to be a U.S. citizen and such a privilege to even get to serve the United States Navy. He's like, I didn't want to miss out on that. Like, that was an amazing privilege, too. Um, which is even how much more of the privilege that we have of even getting to be children of God, to be called his disciples. Like, I didn't get accepted into Harvard. I didn't apply, but I didn't, I'm like, I didn't go to Harvard. But how much more of a privilege it is to get to be a student to Jesus Christ and to learn from his life and become more like him. So that's the first reason why we want to be lifelong learners. Yeah, yeah, great point. I think it's so true. It's like, as long as I am, you know, pursuing my faith in the family of God, that is my job, is, is that is who I am, as I learn Jesus, I'm about him, and I want to know God. And so that's the first point. Second point is this, learning is a great joy. Learning is a great joy. I know um, probably a lot of us in here have different perspectives when it comes to school and, like, learning in the classroom. I remember when I was in third grade, um, I like, it was like, I don't know what time people started school, but it was like probably 8 o'clock. I remember being so tired coming to class every day, and it was, like, still dark outside, and my teacher would, like, walk in the room put like or something on the table and go, all right, who's ready to learn today? And it just turned me off. I was like, gosh, I do not want to learn. This is the worst. <laughs> terrible. Um, so learning sounds tough. Um, and uh, even in college, like that's why we're all in school. You guys are all in school is to learn and to get a college education. Um, and uh, sometimes it's not the most fun, um, but it's cool. When I look back at my life and look back at times where I have tried to learn God and know God and really investigate my faith and come at it with like a very hungry spirit has honestly been some of the most joyful times in my entire life. Um, some of the sweetest times of my entire life is when I just go get away, kind of like Jesus' example there, go by myself and just be with God and sit with him and, and study his word, learn his word, and learn him more has been some of the most fun. Sounds crazy, but some of the most fun 
and joy-filled moments of my entire life. And so it really is cool. I think of uh, this verse, 1 Timothy 4, 8, says this, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits uh, in life now and in the life to come. And so that's kind of the reality of like, physical training is good. Be, becoming a big dog physically is a great thing. But this is what uh, Paul is saying here to Timothy. He says, but training for godliness, becoming a big dog spiritually uh, is so much better. It's promising benefits now and even the life to come. And so there's just some cool joy in learning spiritual things and training ourselves in godliness, which pretty much just means becoming like Jesus and becoming um, like the characteristics that he has. And so it's an amazing thing to aspire to because it really is some of the most fun you can have in your entire life. And that's the second point. The third point is this, just that it benefits others. It benefits others. Um, you might have heard this before. Our heart, um, even like on staff and as SMC for you guys, is not that you guys would just be you know Christians that go to church on Sunday and then kind of do your entire, you know, your thing throughout the entire week. Uh, but our heart is for all of you guys to actually become leaders. And when you think about this idea of leadership, not only does leadership impact yourself, but leadership has a responsibility for others around you. And so um, when you kind of pair this idea of leadership with learning, um, if you had a mentality of, oh, I've arrived, or, hey, I've made it, or I have learned enough, or I've heard this over and over and over again, or, hey, this is, you know, this is just old, I've heard this before, that not only can cut off your growth, uh, but as a leader, it also cut off the people around you's growth. And so it's really uh, kind of convicting to think through, hey, am I, as I'm thinking through some of these things, you know, is my ability to learn right now helping to benefit others? And so on the flip side, it really can have a huge impact. If you say, hey, I want to learn as much as I can. I want to have an incredible learner's heart. That's not only going to benefit you, but it's going to benefit everybody around you. So think about your spouse someday. It's going to benefit, you know, your friends. It's going to benefit your coworkers at some point if you really do aspire to have a learner's heart. And so those are three quick reasons on really why it's important to become a lifelong learner. Some are going to get us kicked off with what's this practically look like? How can we actually become a lifelong learner? Yeah, and so even some essential character qualities to always be pursuing in our own lives for this to be true of us, to be having this mentality um, of being doing whatever it takes for me to know God, become more like Christ, and help others do the same. The first attitude of a lifelong learner is just teachability. And so even the definition of being teachable uh, is being capable of being taught, apt, and willing to learn. Again, so it's having this mentality of like, okay, I'm able to be learning. I'm like a sponge. I want to learn. I'm soaking it all up. Um, and even thinking about why this matters in our communion with Christ too, it matters because, again, if we're students to him as our teacher, we want to be learning from him. We want to be eager to grow and apply these things to our lives too. Um, but even looking practically how teachability is even uh, reflected in our lives or even lived out too, the first way that it is lived out in our lives is just our teachability to the word of God. And so this was another verse that we actually talked about too yesterday, but Hebrews 4.12 just talks about how the word of God is alive and active. And if I believe that the Bible is true, that it really is the word of God, and I want to uphold it with this standard, but this is alive and active, and I can always be taking something from it. If I maybe will do my devotional or spend time with God um, and be praying and reading the word and whatnot too, and I am not actively making applications from it, or maybe I'm um, here at SMC and listen to a breakout, or I'm at like a sumo night or a church sermon or whatever it might be, and I'm not actively making applications from the word, I know that's a reflection that maybe I'm not being teachable. And I really want to assess that and reflect, okay, why is this the case? Because God's word is alive and active. It's penetrating to dividing soul and spirit. It's judging the thoughts and attitudes of my heart. And so I know I can be making applications from it. 
um, which is such a great privilege that God would even give us his word. And it's not a mystery of how to know him and to live like him, right? I'm so grateful for that because I'm like, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of things that are confusing, but the way that God's even set before us life is not confusing. And I'm thankful for that too. Um, that's the first way that teachability is even lived out. And the second way is just our teachability to others. So um, if you were to talk to the girl that helped me come to know Jesus in college and you were to tell her six years later that I'd be talking about why this matters, she'd probably laugh. Um, because even a few weeks into me coming to Christ, she had brought up my speech. Speech was a hard area for me um, initially. And I slammed the door in her face. I said, hey, don't talk to me about this anymore. <laughs> and um, yeah, she's like, yikes. <laughs> um, but thankfully, she was really patient with me and stuck around with me. Um, and now I look back and I'm like, this matters. Because if I wouldn't have had her in my life, uh, generally, I don't know where I would be at today. I'm really thankful for her that she came alongside me, that God sovereignly even places people in our lives too to help us come to know him even want to seek to serve us for our joy not really to benefit them I'm like I was slamming doors in her face she still stuck around with me right because she cared about me um but I love even what Proverbs eleven fourteen says for lack of guidance a nation falls but victory is won through many advisors and I know this is so true in my life and if you talk to other people too you see that those that God has sovereignly placed in our lives to learn from them to really even learn from their mistakes and their um, successes too in following Christ. It is such a sweet privilege that I'm really thankful for. And so on the back of your handout, we actually have some reflection questions for all these different character areas. If you didn't get a handout, find us afterwards. I'd love to send it to you. That way you can have these too and don't feel like you have to write these down super fast. But just some areas to even really assess our teachability. So what have I learned from the word recently? How often do I hear, read the word and make applications? Do I receive feedback when someone shares an area? How do I receive feedback when someone shares an area I can grow in? How would a deep conviction of knowing we all have areas which need development, weaknesses, character flaws, and inexperience help cultivate the proper attitude toward my growth? And so maybe just take some time to even um, during the Devo or in your free time too this afternoon and really reflect on these things. Okay, how can I grow in my teachability so that I can learn for a lifetime? Yeah, that's good. That's the, the first reason. The second one is just a humble spirit, uh, the attitude of a learner, a humble spirit. Um, there is a uh, story in scripture, one of my favorite stories actually, and uh it's one of the few stories, I think might be the only story we get of Jesus as a teenager. And has anybody ever been like, get, got lost in a Walmart as a kid or got lost somewhere? You know, raise your hand. Probably the most freakiest time of your life as a kid. Um, have you ever been lost? Yeah, at the state track meet. Which, state, if you've been to the, the Kansas state track meet, you're like, this place is terrifying as a six-year-old, you know. So. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, was, I got lost in Walmart one time. It's like the worst. But basically, Jesus gets lost, and it wasn't just for a couple of hours. It was for three days. He got lost. And, um, or he didn't get lost, his parents lost him. And so it's crazy, Mary and Joseph are looking for him. They end up going back to the town they were in, and it's crazy what they found Jesus doing um, and thinking of this idea of a humble spirit. So this after three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. And so this is crazy. Jesus is sitting around a group of people that are religious leaders, and he is the king of kings, the god of the universe, legitimately knows everything and what's he doing he's asking people questions i mean i'm blown away by just the humble spirit jesus has because clearly he knows more than people around him but he's still saying hey like like he's still asking them spiritual questions about spiritual things and it's crazy to think man if jesus has this heart of humility how much more should i have this heart of humility and be asking people <coughs> questions around me even if i think i might know more than people around me um, and a lot of times for me, it's, I don't, I don't know a lot more than people around me, but I'm like, man, this is a reality. I should just be a great question asker and I should be really come into conversations, come into, 
you know, my daily time with God, with what Chad was talking about yesterday, just a very humble spirit saying, hey, I have a lot to learn. I by no means have arrived. And uh, if I'm thinking, oh, I have arrived or I don't need this or this is something that, you know, man, I really um, have, have I'm passed this. That is one of the quickest ways to shortcut uh, or to uh, short yourself of growth when it comes to faith. And so I'm really challenged by this. And uh, even when it comes to like a humble spirit to uh, a leader in my life, some are just a little bit, but our God has placed different leaders in our life to give us thoughts. Sometimes it's just like not comfortable at all to hear things from them of like, hey, this is an area how you can grow in. This verse is crazy. I love this verse. Uh, it's Proverbs 12. It says, whoever loves, uh, loves discipline, loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Literally from the Bible. You're stupid if you hate reproof, which is crazy. And, uh, and so I didn't think through in my life, man, reproof or basically mean like correction. And uh, somebody saying, giving you encouragement in your life um, is a really, really good thing. And yes, it hurts in the moment, but it is so helpful for your growth. And when they come like to being a big dog and trying to grow in your faith, they don't necessarily care about like hiding areas of their life. Their, their lives are very open. And so they're willing to say, hey, whatever area it is, I want to grow in. And so I'll receive feedback. I want feedback. I want to take feedback. So just some reflection questions here. Uh, do I see my need to get in the word every day? Do I seek out counsel or do I just wait till counsel seeks me out? This is a huge one. Even for me, I'm thinking through, I mean, I need to ask people to get time with them, to learn from them. Because there's a lot of people older than me that I can really learn from when it comes to faith. Do I trust that my counsel has my best in mind or I'd rather just figure it out on my own? Is every area of my life visible? Am I hiding parts of my life? And do I seek to truly listen in conversations? Yeah, and so even the third area of an attitude of just a lifelong learner is that when it comes to their own personal growth or personal development, they own it. They're not like, oh yeah, whatever happens, happens. That's great. No, they're like, I want to know God. Again, having this mentality of doing whatever it takes. So they're owning it. They're really proactively taking steps to grow and learn and be a sponge like we've been talking about too. And even think about how we practically go about even doing this and owning our personal development. First, I feel like it's awesome to start with the end goal in mind. And so something that I like to do is just thinking through, okay, by the end of this semester or by the end of Christmas break, where do I want to be at in my walk with God? Do I want to have, maybe do I want to be praying for 30 minutes a day undistracted without my phone by the end of the semester? That's what I want to do. Or maybe it's, um, yeah, by the end of the semester, I want to memorize 20 verses and um, I want to be, yeah, able to be, yeah, I want to read through like two books of the Bible, whatever it might be. Where do I want to be at by this time um, in my walk with God? And thinking about even my character too. Okay, I really want to focus on my patience this semester, or I really want to focus on my speech and take time in the Word and really study this area so that I can grow in my character in this um, by this semester. And even thinking, okay, God, what am I trusting you to see happen through my life this semester or this winter break? I really want to share the gospel with my family before I go back to school or whatever it might be. Thinking with the end goal in mind and starting there has always been really helpful for me, which I love what Proverbs 21.5 even says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to par leads to poverty, um, which is really challenging for me to think because, again, I can just so easily think that my growth is just going to happen. I'm going to go to Sumanite or whatever it might be, and I'm going to get to grow, and that's that. But no, like the Bible says that I need to plan this out, and I really need to work hard after this because if, like any great relationship, it really is seeking one another out too. I feel like we've learned a lot about this too. But yep. um, <laughs> the second reason even, or the second way of even how you own your own personal development um, is to create a specific personal growth and development plan, and specifically thinking through three different categories. And so that upward category is just my heart for God. And so 
how can I grow my awe and my really my reverence, just meaning awe of who God is and really cherishing even his character. How can I grow in this area more? And thinking of my inward life, which is my character and my Christ-likeness, how can I grow in this more? And my outward life, how am I spurring others on, challenging others to know Christ deeply, my teachability to others like we've been talking about, and how am I helping others come to know Christ too? And so I love just taking some time to reflect, ask leaders' lives who I really respect, um, how I can be growing in these areas, ways that they see that I can even specifically do this, how they've grown in them before, taking time to look at different people in the Bible, setting their lives for these different areas, um, thinking about different sermons from this app called V4D that we'll talk about later, reading different books about how I can really even grow um, in these areas as well, and knowing that, okay, I'm so thankful that God doesn't say, hey, be perfect at all these things, right? But just like Chad, one, again, was saying with the pennies, it's just one day at a time, and it's so worth it um, over the long haul that I know I've seen in my own life, too, and thinking when in Matthew 22, where Jesus says, hey, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and um, yeah, you can love your neighbor as yourself, too. This is the best way that we can do this, because this is my greatest motivation. I want to love God with all that I am and help others uh, know him, too. And so even the third way to really own our personal growth and development is to be a man or woman of the book. And so the book, obviously, just being the Bible, but knowing the word really well, um, yeah, not giving up on my daily time with him. And all these things that we're talking about, too, is how do I not neglect my daily time with him. I really want to be getting in the word each and every day, but also what else can I be doing to really grow my heart more and more for God? And even the last reason there too is just being curious that wherever I'm at, I want to learn and I want to grow because Jesus is most precious to me and it's such a privilege to be his. Um, even these reflection questions, again, they're on the back of your handout. But by the end of blank, where do I want to be at my walk with God, my character? What am I trusting God to see happen through my life? How can I deepen my love for God and understanding of who he is? Where character areas I want and need to grow in? How am I spurring others on towards love and good deeds? How can I be bold and courageous with the gospel because of what Christ has done for me? And what books or sermons can I listen to or read to deepen my walk with God? And so if you got a handout, maybe you noticed that all these different attitudes spell out TAP. Because we genuinely believe that if you are pursuing, actively pursuing these in your walk with God and having these attitudes you're only tapping into your potential of how well you can really get to know god and become more like christ and um even help others do the same too and so i don't know if y'all any mario kart fans in here okay lots of hands yeah i'm like i so wish i still had my weed because i love mario kart my brother would destroy me on this though he had no mercy uh but i i feel like even being a lifelong learner and having this humble attitude to do whatever it takes and really seeking out uh, great resources to know God well is like being on the dash panel of Mario Kart, right? It's like you're only propelling yourself forward to where if you're just over there, you're getting smoked by those shells. We don't want to be smoked by shells in our walk with God, right? We want to be propelling ourselves forward because it is such a privilege to get to know the God of the universe, to learn from him, become like him um, too. And I want my walk with God to only be going forward too, because like we said, it's such a great privilege. And so even a few practicals that are at the bottom left of your handout, but just again, be asking others how you can grow, create a library. SMC is such a great opportunity just to get a lot of great books and even ask others for different books that have been helpful for them. Get time with and ask questions to those who encourage you towards godliness, who cast vision of what a life of following Christ is like. Yep, and so before we close real quick, we wanna give you guys just some resources that are really gonna help you grow, not just your time at college, but hopefully for the rest of your life. And uh, when you think about resources to grow, in your faith, um, one of the most important things or the most important thing you will do for your growth is to wake up every day 
and to get a quiet time and to get time with God and his word. And uh, so every resource we mention after that will just be supplemental um, added on to that time. That's going to be the most important thing you do uh, for the rest of your life is to get up, walk with God, uh, read the scriptures, study the scriptures, pray, um, and uh, get time with God. And so supplemental to that, we want to give you guys a few things uh, that have been really impactful for our life um, when it comes to just growing and even taking advantage of spare time and time we have even in college to grow. So the first one is this app that Summer mentioned called V4D. Um, and so if you do not have this app, it stands for Vision for Disciple Making. I would pull out your phone right now and download it. You can literally go to your app store, type in V4D, um, and it'll show up. And so basically what this app is, is it is um, basically has just so many resources of how to grow in your faith. There's sermons, uh, there's books, there's even movies on there uh, that are not just like cheesy Christian movies. They're like awesome movies that really challenge you in your faith. And so I would download this app. It's got um, sermons that uh, are really, really awesome on all sorts of topics uh, when it comes to growing spiritually. And so if I were you, um, I would encourage you guys to use this as kind of like your number one sermon app. I know it's super easy. Just go to YouTube, type in something and learn from it. Um, you don't always know what you're going to get from YouTube. This has been put together by a lot of staff um, that's been on Sumo that have studied a lot of these topics. They're just really biblical and they're really awesome and really challenging to listen to. And so I would encourage you guys to start working your way through some of these sermons. You know, I try to pop in, you know, a sermon or two when I have, a, you know, a drive to Kansas City from Manhattan uh, or wherever, wherever you have 45, you know, or 30 uh, spare minutes um, to use. So it's a great resource uh, to get familiar with and to use, uh, yeah, really for the rest of your time in college and for the rest of your life. The second resource um, I would really encourage you guys uh, to get it um, and to go check out is the SMC Bookstore. And so we talked about it a little bit, but becoming curious, a lot of being a big dog is being curious and being hungry and just learning and wanting to learn. And so one of the best ways you can do that is just to read books. And I've had friends that are making commitments say, I want to read one book a month. I know a guy that said, hey, I want to read one book a week. And he would read for like two or three hours a day. He was just that hungry and wanted to grow that much. So I would really encourage you guys, go check out the bookstore. It has some amazing books uh, on topics all across the board, character, relationships, leadership, um, just some amazing um, books that are down there that have, um, yeah, some of us, we some of them we've read, a lot of our staff have read and kind of handpicked them to be there. They're awesome books and they're really cool and really fun uh, to read through as well. And so uh, before we roll, I wanted to leave you guys with just uh, one more quick quote from a guy named Charles Spurgeon. And if you don't know, probably haven't heard of that name before, he was a pastor way back in the day. And one thing he was known for was just like his time studying God's word and studying God. He would spend hours on hours um, in his study room just studying God. And this is what he said. This was his mentality when he came to just kind of his own personal learning. He says this, work on worker. You have scarce time to finish your day's work. Waste not a second. Throw not away these priceless hours. Speed, speed, speed. And so this is kind of the heartbeat uh, that we want to have when it comes to learning. How can I just attack it now, grow and learn now? If I can set the pace for this mentality for the rest of my life, you know, really think not only we're going to enjoy God more, but we're going to be able to make an incredible impact on others around us. And so that's all we got for this morning. We're going to release you guys to go ahead and do your Devo. Uh, feel free to go all across the hotel to do that. And then we will see you guys in the main session at 10 o'clock. Summer and I will be up here if you have any questions. Uh, but if not, have a great rest of your SMC. We'll see you guys next year.